When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Welcome to an emergency Purple Daily. Of course this happened. We went off the air. I was sitting down to watch Better Call Saul and boom, the Stefan Diggs trade happens. We've been talking about it for I don't even know how long. I think the first time that on Purple Daily we had a discussion about Stefan Diggs being traded was training camp last year or maybe toward the end of the 2018 season. But in training camp, something felt off. He seemed to be especially frustrated, and we had a long discussion about whether he would be happy in a run-first offense and playing with this quarterback. And now it has happened. Diggs traded to Buffalo for a first-rounder and multiple picks after that, a fifth and a sixth, and a fourth in 2021. Joe Zolgad is with me to break this down. All right, Judd, instant reaction, go. Um, Considering the fact that we basically knew by this afternoon that Stefan Diggs was doing everything he could to force his way out uh, as a Viking, I love this trade. This return is enormous. This is really, really, you know, Rick Spielman, I, I know at the Combine, you sports lied again. You lied about Percy Harvin. You lied about Stefan Diggs. It's sports lying, so I don't care. Uh, but to turn Stefan Diggs, who is a star player, but to take a guy that we know and everyone around this league knew wanted out desperately and get this much back, instant reaction, really, really solid trade. Okay, fair, but you traded away one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. All right, like your return was good and maybe more than you expect for a player that had so noticeably been unhappy going as far as to tweet on Monday that uh, something's going to happen and he was looking for a new beginning and his washing of the Instagram and all those things. We've talked about it a lot of how do you read this? He's always done this on Twitter, but when I asked Rick Spielman at the Combine if – Stefan Diggs had demanded a trade and Spielman yeah. said, I have to talk to his agent. I knew right there that the answer was yes. I mean, yep. because otherwise you'd be like, no, what's your problem? Uh, and I, well, let's just try to go behind the scenes a little bit here because I'm trying to pick this apart of why the Vikings no longer have Diggs, And then I want to get into, you know, what it means for their future here. Going back to 2017 and 2015, 16, I think Stefan Diggs really enjoyed playing with Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Bradford, and Case Keenum. And he was the centerpiece of the offense. He grew from a fifth-round pick that didn't even play the first three games to a star. Very quickly had his huge Minneapolis miracle moment that will go down as one of the great plays, not just in Vikings history, but in NFL history. 
And I think that he was excited to be the main part of the Vikings offense under John Filippo. And remember, he goes over 100 catches in his first year. But as Mike Zimmer continued to push for more running and more running, and we want Delvin Cook to be the centerpiece of this, this team and this operation, we want play action, and they throw the third fewest passes in the entire NFL last year. I, I think that the frustration just grew there. And when we got to week four and he finally sat out of practice to show how upset that he was about the offense, that's when we knew this was not going to go away. That is such an aggressive act that you know you never see it. You never see players just sit out of practice because they're unhappy in the middle of the season. And you said it, and I said it, this didn't disappear. It's still bubbling under the surface, the frustration there. And picking it apart and trying to figure out what he was upset about is hard because he went to the podium each week and gave his regular press conferences. And even when he would get upset on the sideline, usually at some point it would be revealed that he was encouraging Kirk Cousins. But I also think, Judd, that on the same day that Cousins signs an extension, Stephon Diggs is traded. It's hard to ignore that. And it's hard to ignore that Diggs against San Francisco was amazing and Kirk Cousins could not get him the ball. And way right. too often that happened during the Kirk Cousins era. Diggs is open and he can't get him the football, uh, unlike you know his previous quarterbacks who often found ways to throw it up to him. So I think it's the accumulation of all these things caused this to happen. Yeah, I mean, from what you just said now, Matthew, there's so much to unpack. First of all, keep in mind, and I know, I know the claim was I was moving and I was busy. When he decided to skip a bunch of the OTAs last spring, that was your first sign because they're not mandatory, but people don't miss them. Or if they do, they're chronic missers, and you can explain it. Stefan Diggs just quit showing up until he absolutely had to, and then said, "I was moving," and you all know how that goes. And you're like, "Stefan, you're full of you're full of BS." And so that was sign one. But I can't, and, and I think we tried to help people contextualize this. Um, and if you're a Dynamo Vikings fan, it's hard to do this, but I can't articulate strongly enough what it means when after a week four game, a guy does not show up on Monday or Wednesday. Like, that's not your usual protest of, well, I'm tipped off and I'd like to make a statement. They find him more than 200,000 bucks. And as far as we know, they didn't give it back to him. And so I really think from that day on, he made it very clear uh, that if things were going to continue to, to operate, with a coach that likes to run the ball and Koobs, who clearly also subscribes to what Zim thinks is football. And it was a really good style of football, probably circa 1996. Stefan Diggs won it out. And, and I'm pretty sure that he went in after that San Francisco game. And as you just said, to use your word, I believe the accumulation of the season and said, I want to be traded. And then the cryptic tweets started, right? And they were cryptic and cryptic and cryptic until today when it was very clear that he he was like, am I going to get my wish? You know what? In the in the midst of a pandemic in this country, Stefan Diggs, not a dumb guy, tweeted something where you're like, whoa, dude, are you serious? And that's when I said, this is done. And I know Vikings fans were like, no, it's not. He's going to be fine. But Stefan Diggs made it very clear, I think, to Spielman and company. I'm a smart guy. I will find a way out. And he did. And so that. That's why I just uh, go back to my point. I'm impressed that Rick actually got this much from Buffalo because he probably called a lot of teams who were like, well, yeah, we'll trade for him, but we'll give you one or two draft picks tops because 
We know he wants out. Um, so is trading Stefan Diggs ideal? Absolutely not. He's a, as, as you said, he's a star player. He is really, really valuable, and this is a big loss. The fact that you got a really good-sized return impresses me because he had basically, by today, made it very clear that if he was going to uh, come back to the Vikings for 2020, it was going to be under probably um, what I would consider potentially hostile conditions from the player. I think that Spielman in the front office had a specific price in mind, and if anybody was willing to match it, then they were going to do it because they knew that his name had been out there. Teams had been calling for months and months. I mean, going back to week four, it sounded like every team in the league called them to see if they were interested in moving Stephon Diggs, and it makes sense because he is a great receiver. And so when someone finally upped the ante and went not only a first-round pick, but also multiple picks, a fifth, a sixth, so they could possibly move up from those or move down and get Rick his 97 seventh rounders or whatever, or trade <laughs> or trade those for other players. You know, we just saw a fifth round pick get traded for Kalias Campbell. So uh, he got that fifth, the Corey Vedvik fifth uh, back now from Buffalo. And then a, yep. four, a fourth rounder in 2021 is not nothing. That's another asset that they'll be able to use, whether they want to trade or whether they want to take that pick. So it's a, an absolute haul from Buffalo, and it opens $5.5 million in cap space. So that's another, from that perspective, it's a it's a decent deal. And if Stefan Diggs wants a new contract, which could have been part of this, I would not completely ignore that part, that he might say, you know, guys, I put up numbers like the absolute best, and I signed a team-friendly deal, but I want a new one. That's very possible that that was part of the conversation, and they would have to say, uh, we signed Kirk to this huge extension. We're not giving you a new contract. We're already paying you a lot of money. Too bad, buddy. And so they reached an impasse, and eventually something had to break if they got what they wanted back. So they get a first-rounder. Now, let me go on my spiel here about the first-rounder. That's great. Good for you. The Bills were a playoff team last year. That's not going to be a super high first-round pick. I don't know what exactly it is. Is it uh, maybe 20th or somewhere in that range? Uh, I don't have that right in front of me. but It's, it's 22, Matthew. 22. Okay, thank you, 22. John. So let's think about the 2015 first round where zero receivers caught more passes. All the first-rounders, the five first-rounders that were picked, zero of them caught more balls than Stefan Diggs and only one became a star in Amari Cooper and that was supposed to be a great receiver draft just like this one if they want to draft a receiver to replace him in the second round maybe they want to do it there to get to some defensive talent in the first round if they want to look to free agency there's no one that can sniff Stefan Diggs's sweaty jersey when it comes to the amount of talent that there is in this player this is a top 15 receiver when Kirk Cousins threw the ball towards Stefan Diggs he had a 111 quarterback rating and averaged 18 yards per completion you don't just find that and if one of, and if one of these players that they draft the first round let's say they draft Henry Ruggs or let's say it's uh CD Lamb if that player hits the 99th percentile of their projection so they become the best they could ever be they'll probably be as good as Stefan Dix. So you may have gotten a haul and you may feel great about that, but try replacing this player. And my guess is that we're going to be a long time before we see another wide receiver in Minnesota anywhere near as good as Stefan Dix. So I understand why they did it. 
and they apparently needed to do it because they got to a point where he was so frustrated and they were probably frustrated with him being an annoyance and using his social media this way and so forth. But it's not a good trade. Today is not a good day to be Kirk Cousins outside of him being very wealthy in the future. But you just made Kirk Cousins' job a lot harder. B.C. Johnson, at this moment, is your number two wide receiver. And Adam Thielen is great. And I give him all the credit he deserves. He's a 1B or 1A, whichever way you want to look at it. But when he got hurt last year, Diggs dominated. And when Diggs had been hurt in the past, that didn't happen with Adam Thielen. And so now you have no other receivers. We were bemoaning a number three receiver. Well, now you have a number one and nothing else with respect to BC Johnson being a player in the NFL, but you've got Irv Smith, but an old Kyle Rudolph that you don't use very often. And now they're going to sign Delvin cook to an extension. That's probably going to be huge. And it's a running back extension that really puts you in danger of that going bust. So at this moment, if you're looking forward and projecting how many wins this team is going to have for 2020 without Stefan Diggs, I don't know, John, I, I can't give them too many. I mean, I, I cannot say that this is absolutely a playoff team or absolutely a contender if they don't have their number one wide receiver. The first thing is the Vikings, and this is not new, this, this goes back years now, but the Vikings, when it comes to this trade and where we got to tonight, firmly picked their path. They did. Mike Zimmer likes to run the football. When they hired a younger OC who liked to pass more and put the quarterback in shotgun, Mike said, no, no, no. And eventually, before that guy even got through a 16-game season, fired him. Uh, Kubiak was brought in. Why? Because they wanted to feature Dalvin Cook. Because Mike Zimmer and Kubes like to run the ball. And again, they play a very, very nice style circa 2000. Does it work in 2020? I don't know. Guess who, guess who would answer my question with a big, fat no? Stefan Dix. So they picked their path. And if we like it or we don't, this was this was their decision. Now, I would not call it a bad trade. Here's the problem, though. It is a fine trade, very likely, for the next coach and GM of this franchise. Because if we are looking at Mike and Rick going into the last year of their contracts and having the ultimate pressure there to win, this team just got worse for 2020. Now, it might have strengthened itself for 2022 or 23. Who the quarterback's going to be by then? Who the head coach for sure is going to be by then? The GM? I don't know. Uh, so you got, if you do this right now, you got a really nice haul to build something. But this comes to a question that I've been, I've been debating all day long as we saw the Cousins extension, as, as we saw the decision to give Harris the franchise tag, and then ultimately culminating tonight with the Diggs trade. What the hell does this franchise think? Where does it think it's at? That's my question. Are they doing things for the future? Because the window on the day they signed Cousins and that team is gone, because that's my personal belief. Uh, But they are also making proactive moves for the short term that scream the pressure's on. We have to win now. And and to your point, Collar, there is no doubt that the trade made with the Bills tonight, no matter how much it got you back, does not benefit you for 2020. So where is this team at? And, and is there a leash here where if things go wrong, people's jobs are safe? Or is everybody gone? And ultimately, this hall of draft picks coming from Buffalo is really going to help somebody. We just don't know what their names are. Well, and 
I would love to know what the situation is in ownership's mind with Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer. Because if you are really desperate to win in 2020, I think you go to Stefan Diggs and maybe they have reached a complete impasse and there is just no patching up this relationship. But if you go to Stefan Diggs and you say, is there anything we can do? How can we work this out? We'll throw the ball to you more often. We'll focus more on the pass. Is there anything? Because remember, he was right. They did change the offense after week four and they dominated after that and were a top, yeah. top 10 most efficient passing sure. offense. Okay. So, uh, if there was any resolution, you would have fought very hard for it if you think you're going to win in 2020. If your eyes are set on 2021 because you know you have to restock the cupboard, and if ownership is aware of that, I've always been for that direction. Now, I think it's still extremely hard to replace a player of his caliber, especially with two draft picks in the 20s. These aren't two top 10 picks. These are picks that sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. Laquan Treadwell has not worked. Mike Hughes to this date has not worked. And, and those are picks around that same ballpark. So it often happens. Um, but if you're aiming for 2020, it makes sense to stockpile a bunch of picks by trading away your veteran players and kind of tear it down and go six and 10 next year and then try to bounce right back in 2021. I mean, that is one of the plans that I laid out on our website in the pick your own adventure. You can have the all in <laughs> on cousins or you can have the 2021 plan. But to your point, now they franchise tag Anthony Harris. If they trade him away for more draft picks, then the 2021 plan is really truly on, right? And the same yeah. and the same goes for if they don't bring back Everson Griffin, then the 2021 plan is really on. But if they keep Harris and extend him, and if they bring back Griffin on say a one-year deal or something like that, then I think we all kind of look at each other and go, uh, okay, I don't really get this either. And think about the teams recently who have traded great receivers and how that worked out for them. I mean, Oakland traded Amari Cooper. They kind of had to with their money situation, but that didn't work out very well for them. Odell Beckham gets traded to Cleveland. He wasn't great in Cleveland, but the Giants couldn't throw to anybody. And I think receivers are hugely, hugely valuable in a league that is constantly sending the top passing attacks to the Super Bowl. So they had better have an answer on offense, whether it's 2021 or 2020, for how they're going to put more weapons around Kirk Cousins. Because another plan was to try and add more weapons around Diggs and Thielen because even they haven't been enough just on their own driving the offense. And now you have to replace one of the best receivers in the league. This makes... Regardless of what they think, it makes the 2020 outlook not very good, Judd. Yeah, I mean, if they were going to trade Diggs, uh, if they're they going to attempt to, uh, to deal him, as we talked about a few times before, to Washington and get Trent Williams to play left tackle immediately and plug him in, I at least could see the exchange short-term there of taking Diggs away from your roster, but then you bring in what I think could be considered still an elite left tackle, which the Vikings desperately need, but you didn't do that. I am, I, I'm not going to lie here. I, I am thoroughly uh, confused about direction here now. And I don't know if, if, you know, Diggs uh, tweeted out what he did today and the Vikings said, Oh my God, this is bad. And Buffalo said, we'll give you a haul. And the Vikings were like, we'll take it. There are so many unanswered questions down to uh, Rick and Mike's contracts. That we there are so many things that we don't know that we are left to uh, deduce right now. But I will say this: if if the Vikings are going to sign guys, 
if they are on Wednesday, and I'm not expecting them to make a big splash, but let's say they're going to go out and bid on guys. And Matthew, if they do that, and I'm a prospective player, and I'm on a Skype call with the Vikings, and then I Skype with the Packers, and, and let's say the Falcons, okay? I think my question is going to be, what's the security there, too? And if the Vikings are like, well, we're uh, doing the best we can to win in 2020, but the Vikings aren't, to me, a very attractive landing spot unless they had the cap room which they don't to completely outbid teams because i really see this team now as being surrounded by uncertainty and the cousins contract doesn't help me much personally so it's not like i see a crystal clear plan here and at least if we knew that mike and rick were definitely going to be either done and or extended we might be able to put the pieces of the puzzle together ourselves but we can't and and they're almost making moves like they can't so I'm, I am I am more than willing to admit right now with a lack of clarity that we are uh, are getting from the folks in Egan, I am a bit confused by who is trying to oversee this plan and what the actual plan is. Yeah, I, I feel the exact same way, Judd, is if they're going to make certain moves to win in 2020 but then trade a superstar player for draft picks – those two things don't really add up. And if you don't have a clear direction, life's going to be pretty hard for you. And and here's the thing. If they decided they were just going to let Cousins play out 2020 and then they were going to move on from a lot of these stars, let's say, you yep. know, trade Harrison Smith and just tear it all down to the nails and say, you know what? It didn't work out. So whatever, we're going to we're going to blast it and then we're going to build it back up just like we did before. Then you know what? I mean, that would have been defensible draft a quarterback and go forward with that guy and rebuild the whole thing, have a tough year next year and bounce back pretty quickly with all the draft capital. That's a very defensible position to say the window closed. Now let's close it for now, go down to the bottom for a second and then come back up. I think this is a team that could go back quickly because they do develop players. Well, they do evaluate players well overall, and they've found a lot of stars to build it up the first time they could do it again. But to sign Cousins and then have one of the best players on the team and one of the players that made him so good this year, his career year is in large part driven by Stephon Diggs being wide open down the field and catching everything he throws at him. I mean, remember that Philadelphia game where he just dominated on his own. It's good luck finding another receiver who does that. So if, yep. if they had said, we're not signing Cousins, I'd be totally okay with this. Well, all right, then that's going to be your direction. But now having Cousins for the next few years, well, now you have to find a replacement and you have to find someone who could be a dominant receiver because we've always gone on the assumption that Cousins is only as good as the people around him and now the people around him are significantly worse without Stephon Diggs unless they draft someone who immediately steps in and is a, is a star and is a home run hit at 22 or 25 in the first round or second round, depending on what they decide to do. So it puts them, I think, in a very tough position. So that's all we got for now. This is an emergency podcast. I want to say something real quick. I'm sure I'll say it tomorrow on the air as well, that from my perspective, Stefan Diggs is one of the most competitive and intelligent players that I have been around. And the younger receivers that I talked to about Diggs were absolutely jaws to the floor, watching his competitiveness in training camp every day, burning Xavier Rhodes. Even when Rhodes was at his absolute peak, 
Diggs was out there destroying him in training camp practices. And when we talked to Alex Boone about playing with him as a teammate, he compared him to playing with Anquan Bolden and Randy Moss with the level of competitiveness that he brought uh, to the to the huddle and, and, and every day at the practice field. And that's how you go from a fifth-round pick to a star in the NFL. It is also sometimes how you end up burning hot and burning bridges and getting frustrated. We've seen it with many players like him before. It doesn't mean he's a diva. It doesn't mean he's a drama queen. I don't think of him that way. I think the way he acted was not right at some points in this, but I don't like when guys get that label when I see them as the ultimate professional and competitor and being... Uh, so uh, highly intelligent to play any position, run any route, so diligent about his craft. I have always been supremely impressed with Stefan Diggs and the times that he has talked, uh, which isn't always, but the times that I've gotten to talk with him, I, I've always found him to be uh, really insightful. The, the chances that I got to break down route running with him and things like that. So um, from, from my perspective, he always offered some sort of headline for sure, but I was just impressed by him this entire time that I've gotten to cover him. And I think that the bills get the, you know, I wouldn't say the win in the trade because they gave away a lot, but they certainly got the best player. I can almost guarantee you that whoever has picked 22 or 25 is not as good as Stefan Diggs. I can all, I can also guarantee to you that Stefan Diggs first choice was not to go to Buffalo. So this is going to be <laughs> an intriguing, That's uh, probably true place for him to be the, the one thing that that we can actually vikings wise to uh look forward to is this the percy harvin trade with the seahawks didn't get the vikings as many picks but it turned out to be a very productive trade uh and, and in fact the vikings got the 25th pick in the first round that year from seattle and took a young guy cornerback by name of xavier Rhodes, who turned out to be pretty damn good what they also did though uh because percy was gone was they panicked and traded back into the first round with the Patriots and made the uh, Cordero Patterson pick, which if they had done it right, might have been a five pick, but it got screwed up. And the one word of caution that I think we've seen when you look at a guy like Treadwell being taken as well, now that was not acquired in a trade, but they still took him in the first round um, with a draft pick, is this too. Uh, Stefan Diggs was found in the fifth round and was a great player. And the scouting on Diggs and the chance the Vikings took paid off tenfold. Um Rick Spielman, though, and company will be best not to panic to replace him because if you think you're just going to draft a guy and he's going to turn into Diggs, that's where they've made blunders before. So if if this trade works out well and accumulates a lot of good talent for the Vikings, the one thing that they can't feel a need to now is to rush back in and make a high draft pick or a draft pick on a receiver and say, this is going to be Diggs because that's how, in the Percy Harvin case, and if they do it again here, you get yourself in trouble. In well, trouble, man. I think they have to take a receiver in the first because of how good the receivers are in this draft. It, it, the second, I guess, maybe, but you got to get one of the top guys if you get rid of Stephon Diggs. And I really don't like the idea that you can find receivers anywhere. That might be true, receivers that are okay. But again, go back and look at the 30 or 25 other receivers from the 2015 draft. You got super lucky with Stefan Diggs and it won't happen again. And the same thing with Adam Thielen. That's going to be really, really hard to do. Top 15. Think about how many receivers in a year play in the NFL. And he's one of the 15 best. 
that will not be easy to replace. So, uh, Judd, you will be talking about it on Ventline at 11 o'clock, probably all summer long. And uh, I will, too, on Score North Live at noon and then Purple Daily as well from 2 to 4 every day. Courtney Cronin will be on with me on Tuesday if you're listening to this Monday night. So make sure you listen. The app is free. You can also get these podcasts wherever you get any of your podcasts. So uh, thank you and, all for listening. Hey, Collar, last yeah. thing, Jim. Yeah. This is a lesson again, folks. Let the GM run the team, but listen to us. The GM's <laughs> never going to tell yeah. you the truth. Yeah, we true. will. It is true. Yep. All right. Well, thanks, Judd. Thanks for doing this late at night. Yeah. And uh, thank you all for taking the time to listen to us here uh, doing this emergency podcast. We will catch you on the radio. See you then. Venture X from Capital One is the travel card for people always asking, Where next? You earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars, and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel, and 2x miles on everything else you buy with Venture X. Plus, receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Some people celebrate the holidays, but you, you dominate the holidays. You deck the halls, the mantle, and anything else that will stand still. You deserve a bold cold brew that's as festive as you. Topped with creamy cookie butter cold foam, covered in cookie butter crumbles, and perfectly pairable with our new cookie butter donut, Dunkin's Cookie Butter Cold Brew is a delicious match for your decked out domination. America runs on Dunkin'. Present participation may vary, limited time offer, terms apply.